turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Tonight's message is titled, Your Time is Coming. Your Time is Coming. And uh, I've got a story to share with you tonight about how God still answers prayers after three and a half, four years of something. And so uh, I'm really excited about this. And so I'm going to, if time allows, I'm going to get through my whole story. If not, I'll put more of it. I'll probably put it on Facebook or something along those lines to help tell the rest of the story of what God's done. So uh, before we get going, let me pray one more time, if you would, by your heads. Father, we come to you so humbly tonight. Lord, we thank you. We look to you as our source and our guide. And Father, we look to your word. Help us to receive your thoughts tonight. Help us to uh, be adjusted and changed, Father, that we may set a course that our hearts may not be to complain, but to compliment and love. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. I ask, Father, that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, that you would give me thoughts and ideas, things that I planned on not saying, so the life would be affected and changed tonight and know, Father, how much you truly love them. So, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles and you're already to John 21, let me get there with you guys. Um, you know, this, this message has been on my heart for quite a long time. I told Pastor Stormy about uh, six months ago, I'm ready to preach a message. And uh, last time I got an opportunity to preach, it wasn't the right time. Um, because it wasn't, the, the story hadn't finished yet. And so uh, this has been brewing in me for a long time. Um, I'll, I'll simply start off. Three and a half, four years ago, um, October of, I think, 2009 or 2008, somewhere in there, um, we moved, my wife and I and family moved here to Lubbock, Texas. Um, God moved us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, here to Lubbock, and uh, we're really excited about it. Everything worked out really well. The only thing that didn't come to pass that we thought was going to come to pass was our house was on the market for about uh, four months before we left, and uh, when we left, it was still on the market. And so we came here and... Uh, we went through some, some trials and some different things, just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, we moved here in October. April, that next April, we got our first opportunity at selling the house. Understand that key word, first opportunity at selling that house. And uh, we had a real estate contract put in on it. We had a couple that put some money down. Everything was looking good. And uh, first couple of months, everything was looking good. And then they missed a payment, and then missed another payment, and then made, a, made up for one payment and never really got caught up, and we had to take the house back and kind of keep moving forward on this. So for the first seven, eight, ten months, 12 months, we have really been trusting God. Okay, God, somehow we need you to provide the money and then also bring a seller or a buyer because we're looking to sell this house. And uh, as we're doing this, God takes me down a journey. And I've always wondered what it was that took the Israelites 40 years, why God had to send them on a 40-year journey that only took 11 days. And, and my wife and I, we've talked about this, and she shared a, a, a message on this, but it's sometimes we have to take the long way around in order to get what we really need to get. And the way that we handle that long way, I think, determines a lot about our relationship with God. And tonight I want to walk through a process on what God has called us to do. Because understand this, the key I want you to walk away with is God never does not finish things. God always finishes. He says, I'm the beginning and the end. I come and I am the end. I will bring an end to this. 
every season that we have, we, summer's coming to a close as tomorrow it's going to be 60 degrees outside, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, you know, those 110 days are long gone, it seems like, which is a good thing. Um, and it seems like the summer season is gone, and that's kind of what happens in life. Sometimes we have seasons that come, and then those seasons end, and then all of a sudden we have another season. And this is what God has tried to get us, uh, help me to understand. And so um, let's start in John chapter 21, verse 3 is where we're going to start. Jesus has already gone. He, he's died on the cross. He's been risen. And uh, the disciples aren't sure what to do. And so here we find them. They're sitting on the beach. They're kind of hanging out. And Peter, being the uh, bold one that he is, he says this, verse 3 says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Now let me explain a little something about Peter. Peter is a fisherman by trait. Um, it, back in when these guys were growing up, what they would do is they would go to school for the first five years of their life. They would learn about the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible. They would go through this. At the end of that time, they would either, the best of the best would be picked to go forward and stay with a disciple or a rabbi to learn what life was all about, to, to, to learn the process of what it takes to become a rabbi. And, and these processes take a long time. And, and you're stuck, you're with this person and they take only the best of the best. Well, at this time, Peter walked into the family business, which was fishing. And so he was very well gifted in this area. He, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone fishing before, but sometimes you see some people that are very good fishermen, and then you see other people who, wow, they, they do not have a gift in this area. And, and you see it very quickly in those areas. And Peter made a living at this. So that tells me he was pretty good at what he did. And so we have to understand that he had a gift from God in this area. And so here we go. Let's go to verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Verse 5 says this. He called out to them, Friends, haven't, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Verse 6, he said, Throw the nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, some of you have heard this story before, and this is a good story. This is something that we all get. The other day I was preparing for this and God really opened my eyes to two major things that happen in this area right here that help us as we walk down a path. And so I, wanna, I want you to understand this. The first thing that we see is in verse 3, we find out Peter's going to go out and go fishing. Well, Peter is very gifted. This is what we talked about earlier. Peter's gifted in fishing. The thing that God showed me is every person that he put on the face of the earth, every person that's here tonight has a gift. You have a gift in something, something that God's placed in your life that you're very good at. Some people may be very good. For example, we have different ministries throughout this church. Some are very good. They're great at greeting. Some people, that is not their gift. Their gift is being back because they're more, they think a lot more. They process some things. Some people are very good at singing and, and playing instruments and doing these things. I, on the other hand, am not. I need to be somewhere else as far away from the stage as I can when the singing's going on. I get that and I understand that. This is not my gifting. But there are times that if I were to, for example, if I tell Pastor Aaron on Tuesday we were talking and I said, hey, do you want to you go ahead and share the tithes and offerings? And he said, uh, I'm going to be out of town. I'm not going to be able to do that one. Pastor Aaron's a very good speaker, but he thrives at this. When he's playing his instruments and he's doing those things, you see his gifts come out. When he gets up to speak, sometimes he gets a little nervous because he doesn't feel like that's his best gift. 
And, and, you know, every one of us have better gifts. If I had to get up here and play the guitar, you'd realize real quick, that's not his gift. You would realize very quickly as you run out the door, screaming, covering your ears because it's so bad. But uh, we all find, amen, thank you. (laughs) You know, we all find that we have those different gifts, different talents in different areas. For example, David Burns, he's very good. I call him up and I'll say, hey, this is what we're wanting to do. Do you have any ideas? And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll do this, 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 and this. I mean, something I've racked my brain on for the last six months, he figures out in less than 30 seconds. That is a gift in what he does. And the thing that I want you to understand about is that we all have these gifts. The Bible says in James, or James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift. So we all understand that God has given us gifts. He's placed something on top of us. And that gift is something that we strive to do. So God blesses you with a gift. That's the first key that we have to understand. You have a gift. You have something great that you're going to be incredible at. Now here's the second part. And this is the thing that we have to understand. Number two is this. If you're taking notes, is God's blessings come when you use your gift on his time. Now I want you to think about this because... The Bible says that Peter and all of his people, all of his buddies, they got out and went on the boat and they went fishing. They did what Peter's gift was. They spent all night long and they didn't catch a single fish. They didn't catch a fish at all. And and I love this story because I've shared it so many different ways. Sometimes we don't see what Jesus sees. Sometimes we we don't understand why, you know, I guarantee you these guys, it wasn't the first time they threw the, the net over to the right side of the boat. I'm sure they tried on the right side, the left side, the front side, the back side, upside down, whatever it would take to get fish to come into their net. And every single time it failed. But all of a sudden, Jesus is standing there. He's on the side. And I can just picture this. He's standing there and he's yelling out to the guys. And he says, hey, have you guys caught anything yet? You guys got any fish yet? And they're like, no. And he says, well, if you put it out on the right side of the boat, you'll catch the fish. And and I can just see it. Some of them are going, He's 30 feet away or 50 feet away. There's no way he can see the fish right here. You know, they're probably questioning, who is this guy? But all of a sudden they said, well, what the heck? We've tried on the left side. Let's try it on the right side. They throw it down. And all of a sudden they catch this enormous amount. The incredible blessing comes. And this is the thing that God showed me here, is that when you do what you are gifted to do, God is going to bless that gift on his time. It is coming. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11, cast your bread upon the water for after many days, it shall return. It shall return. In other words, we need to understand this. There are going to be days where you're doing it again and again and again. You're casting the net on the right and on the left and on the right and on the left and on the right and on the left and on the right and on the left. And then all of a sudden, just one day it hits. It all clicks. Something happens. God's blessing just gets poured out upon you and you're going, wow. 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 And you're just blown away. I, I, and people are asking, what did you do different? You're going, nothing. Nothing. I've done the same thing every day. But it just changed. Something clicked. Something, whatever it was. Maybe, maybe I turned this way around instead of just walking straight in. I, I walked into the door and I went left instead of right. Or all of a sudden something clicked. But it was God's time and your blessing that was coming when you used your gift he placed in your life. Listen, you're gifted for that purpose and for a reason. And this is the thing that God wants to get across to every one of us is that there is going to come a time where your blessing is coming. The question is, are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be so focused or so caught up just like the Israelites? What did they do for 40 years? They complained. 
They murmured. They did everything. God, I mean, when you read through the story of what he did, taking him from Egypt into the promised land, and he was like, hey, guys, this is what we're going to go do. And they're walking along, and all of a sudden they come up to this big river, and they're going, well, great, here we go. We're going to die here. You know, here we go. God, thanks for bringing us out. Here we're going to die. And Moses goes out, and he holds his hands up, and he says, we're going to part the river. We're going to walk right through it. God says, okay, let's do it, you know, and, and, and God tells him that, and Moses takes his team right on through, and they go all the way through, and then at the end, man, it just crashes upon the Egyptians as they're chasing him. Okay, now, if that happened in my life, I think that would satisfy me for at least, at least that 11-day journey, at least 11 days, but for others, I guess that doesn't work. So not only does God do that, he takes them on a journey, and he says, listen, I'm going to help you out because I don't want anybody to leave when they don't, you know, we need to have a follow the leader kind of thing here. So you're not trusting Moses enough. How about this? I'm going to take this rock, and when it moves, you move. I can follow that. That's pretty easy. Is the rock moving? Nope, we're not moving. Okay, now it's moving. It's rolling down the road. Let's go, guys. Pack up. We got to go. And we're worrying about all these things. And then they're complaining about what they got to eat because God pours out the incredible manna, and they're like, no, I'm tired of this stuff. You know, I've had it for the last two days. I need something else. I need, you know, and he's going through all this stuff and, and, and they just, they're complaining about everything. And then God says, okay, you need meat. Here you go. And he brings over the birds and they just die right in front of him. There you go. God's just throwing them out there for you. And yet continued complaining, continued complaint, continue to complain. And I sit back and I think, how many times have I done that? Here I am doing what God has called me to do, what I feel like I am called to do. Because listen, the Bible says that he lights a lamp unto our path, that we may have a way to go. And yet, what do I do? Oh God, why am I doing this again? God, why am I here again? Here I am doing the same thing over and over again. It's been at least a week that I've tried this and it's not working yet. All night long, these guys kept fishing kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. It wasn't until the morning that God's blessing was coming. Now my question is, what if they would have quit in the middle of the night and said, I'm done with this. Let's go in. I'm tired. Let's go in. I'm done. I'm finished. We'll figure something else out tomorrow. How many times do we do that? We miss God's blessing because we go, I don't think I can take it anymore. And God's just saying, hold on just a little bit. My blessing's coming. My blessing is coming. My blessing is coming. And a lot of times, if we don't keep our hearts right and our minds right, man, we get so caught up in those things. Going back to my story of our life, three and a half years. So here we are, we're about a year into it, and all of a sudden, we thought the house was gone, we were done. We had been looking at different properties and different houses and things and figuring out what we were going to do. And all of a sudden, we get to a point, it's like we can't, they're, they're not going to do it, they're not going to make it. I'm getting in trouble. My, uh, we're about to get hit on my credit, on our credit. We're about to get messed up. All these things are going through my mind, and I'm going, God, how are we going to do this? And so in the natural, I, I was like, this is all I know to do. And so I went out, and I pulled out a personal loan so I could make the payments to do some things, and we walked through a process, and I took the house back, and it cost some money to repair some of the stuff that they did. We put it back on the market, and this couple comes up and said, we're so close to getting approved. They, you had to have a certain number to get approved from a credit score, and they were just under it, but they, were, they, were, they had money set aside that they were going to pay a lawyer, and they were going to be ready and corrected. Everything was going to go the right way. 
And I prayed about it, and I had peace about it. And I said, okay, let's go. We'll go forward with it. They put some money down. They made the payments. They did everything for the first three or four months. Everything was good. All of a sudden, he lost his job. And they called, and they said, you know, first of all, they were hiding. I had to call them multiple times. I finally got in touch with them, and, you know, they were like, well, we're working. We're trying everything we can. We've called our family. We're going to get money tomorrow. And so I made a, per, I made a payment. On, we made a payment on our own, and we kind of walked through this process. And a few months down the road, they said, okay, we're going to get caught up. We're going to get caught up, and they never got caught up. Eventually, we had to take the house back. So two years into this, two years of living here in Lubbock, or about two and a half years, and all of a sudden we're sitting here going, okay, God, you called us from this place to this place. You said go, we went. But we can't leave when we have something holding us back over there. We need to leave so we can officially go all the way here. And we went back and forth on this. And I remember we got to a point and it was about, about three or four months ago, my wife and I were sitting down and we had saved some money to put down for a down payment on our new house and we had to pull all that money to make payments on our house so we didn't, so we didn't go to foreclosure. Because we felt like, let your yes be yes, your no be no. We committed to making this payment. We're going to do whatever we can to follow through with it. We're not just going to walk away. We're going to do what we can. And so... I felt like that's what God had called us to do. We got to the very end. I could make one last payment. That was all the money. We, we could only come up with one more payment. And I told God, I said, God, you have to have it sold by this date. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you have to have it sold. Listen, up to this point, I think we'd had two people go through our house. It had been on the market for about uh, a month and a half, two months. We had had two people outside of the realtor showings. Two people had gone through this. About June... 14th, we're coming up on the very end of our stuff, and I knew it was the end. I knew this was, this is what it was, and I said, God, I need to have it by the end of this week. Uh, and June 14th, I, I think it was June 14th, it was on like a Tuesday. That Friday, we got a phone call, and uh, our realtor said, I've got an offer. And I said, you've got an offer? And he said, yeah. He said, we've had one offer and I've got you an offer. And he said they, they just called, and they wanted to make sure that they could put an offer in today and that we would get back with them. So I said, fantastic. I said, what are they asking? What do they want? And they said, I don't know yet. I'll, 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 get, I'll call you back, and I'll let you know. We had listed the house at a certain price, and they called back. We had one offer, and they asked the full price for it. I said, I was blown away. I mean, in the natural, I'm thinking, Man, if I knew there was one offer, I'm lowballing the, you know, I'm taking this and I'm reaching way down here to try to get this house as cheap as I can, but not with God. God took care of everything that we needed. And he said, if you'll just list it at this, and that's what we had prayed about. God said, list it here. And we did. We listed it there. And they came in at the right price, at the exact right time, in the exact right moment. And I thought, man, God, you did it. I don't know how you, you're God. I don't need to figure out how you did it. You just did it, and I'm so thankful. I'm, I, I mean, I was ecstatic. When I got the call, I, I was here at the office, and I was like, I went to Pastor Stormy's office, and I said, we sold it because they've been praying for us. We've gone through all this stuff. I said, we're getting the papers. We're signing. We're going through all these different things. It was a long process, and then it came down the last month. We're figuring out what it was going to be. We were going to have to come up with some money because we were a little upside down on it, and uh I had it on my heart that we just needed to sow. Pastor Storm was preaching the messages 
about what it means to sow a seed and reap a harvest. He was going through that. Uh, My faith was built up. And I said, okay, God, we're going to sow a significant seed. We've gone through the Dave Ramsey stuff, and we always have uh, an emergency fund set aside. We took the very last of our, all the money that we had, and we took it, we brought it in in a seed envelope, and we said, God, this is everything we've got. We put it in a seed envelope, we dropped it in. We said, it's going to do a lot better in your hands than it is in mine. So here you go. We sowed a seed, and we put that in there, and we did these things. It came down to make a longer story and shorten it up. The last month, we had to come up with about $25,000. That's a lot of money. For some people, that's not that much. For me, that is like I've never seen $25,000 sitting in one place at one time um, that is mine. I've seen it at other places, but I've never seen it where it's mine. That is a lot of money. And God kept, we just had peace about it. And it came down to the very last day. And I remember looking at my wife and I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God's going to do something. We had everything lined up. We had it all working in a process. The last day comes and goes and we don't have the money. The realtor calls and says, what happened? I said, everything that we had fell through. I said, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm working on other avenues of where we can figure this out and what we can do. Well, their realtor calls and says, listen, there's some issues that can happen if you don't get this money. I'll give you till Friday. This was Wednesday that we're supposed to have it. I said, I'll give you till Friday. Wednesday night comes. God lays it on my heart to speak with someone. I walked up to him. I talked with him very briefly. I said, this is what we want to do. This is what God's laid on my heart. God said, he's going to do this and do this. And I said, I just want you to pray with me and believe with me for it. He called me back a little bit later and said, God laid it on my heart. We're going to give you the money. And I said, you're going to what? I remember the first words that came out. Are you kidding? Was what I said. He said, I don't kid about money like that. And I said, that's just how amazing God is though. And I just remember thinking, I can't even fathom how this all worked out. And I told, them, I told my wife, I said, I still feel like I'm in a lull right now because I, 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 what do I do? Because I've never been in this position. I, I'm free, you know, we're finally free of the past and we've got the future to look forward to. And it's like, we're done with that season. This season that took three and a half years and four years of our life is now done. And God's blessing came in and I'm going, wow, wow. And he's not done yet because in the seed that we sowed, he said, I'm bringing it back a hundredfold. It's not a hundredfold yet. That seed, we're still pregnant with it. Two days after that, I'm, I'm, I, I walked by Pastor Stormy's office. He said, come here, I need to talk with you. And I'm going, oh no, this is a bad thing. I, you know, I always go to the worst case scenario. And I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? You know, I'm going through my mind. He said, hey, I had something from God. And I'm going, oh no, what did I really do? <laughs> And he said, God laid this on my heart. And he said, don't give up on your seed. You're still pregnant with your seed. You're still pregnant with that seed. It's coming to pass. Your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. But you've got to stay faithful. Stay faithful with your gift because your gift is going to pay off and a great blessing is going to come to pass. And that's what God shared with, with me. And that's what I want to share with you is, listen, God's gifts don't come and go. God's gift is spe- specifically for you. At this time, at this time, for this purpose, because God has something great and mighty for you to do with that gift. Now, you may sit there and say, well, I don't know what my gift is. I can tell you this, what you're doing today, it's not a coincidence that that's what you're doing. You're doing that because that's what God has called you to do. That is part of your season that you're in right now. That doesn't mean that you're going to be in that season for the rest of your life because we understand this, seasons come and seasons go. But in this season, you get to choose on how you're going to react to it. 
You know, we can sit back and forth and we can go, well, God, what about this? And God, I look at these people and they don't honor you and they're doing this. That's complaining. I don't think God wants to hear about a bunch of complaining. I think God wants to hear a bunch of praise. I think God wants to hear about, thank you, Lord. I thank you. I live by faith, not by sight. I live by faith, not by sight. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And that's the heart that we have to have. We have to continue to, to fuel that fire. That passion has got to rise up from the inside. When, it's go, when the going gets tough, the, going, the tough's got to get going. We've got to rise up inside of us and say, okay, God, your word says this. I'm going to stand upon this. And this is what God led me to. And I'm going to get back to this or I'm not going to have time to finish my message. Turning your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. And this is where God took me right after he took me to these scriptures. He took me to Isaiah 40. And I always think about the Chris Tomlin song when I hear this. And when you hear it, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Isaiah chapter 40. You have to understand that God's blessing is going to come on God's time. It's not coming on ours. It's coming on God's. We have to stay focused on what God's called us to do, though. During that time, it's, we have a choice on how we react. And that's the thing that God's wanting to get across with us. How are you going to choose to react like this? Because this is what he's saying. Isaiah chapter 40, we're going to start in verse 27. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? Now, for me, take out Jacob and Israel and put Matt in there. You look at this and you say, why do you say, Matt, and complain? Why do you complain? Why are you worried? Why are you so worried about this stuff? Do you not think that I can take care of it? And this is what he comes down and he says, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is discredited by my God. And then here he is, we're complaining. God, do you not see what we're going through every single day? God, do you not see this stuff? Do you, did you just miss me this morning? I'm right here. I'm the guy here, standing here, going through this. You know, and I think sometimes we wonder that. And we're sitting here going through all this stuff. But then it comes to verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God. He's the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths will grow, will grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Listen, this is what God has called us to do. This is what God has called us to do because the season that you're living in is speaking a testimony to those who are around you because people are going to come in and they're going to see what you're going through and they're going to ask the question, how did you make it through it? How did you do it with such a good attitude? Because that testimony is going to be an incredible blessing into their life and God is going to be able to use that. And I sit back and I think, how many times did I complain during this? During this area, how many times did I go, oh, God, why? You know, and we walk around almost in a, here we go again. You know, and it's instead of, hey, here we go again. Here we go again. We get to rise up and we get to stand because the faith that God placed in my heart is greater than this circumstance that I'm going through right now. Listen, however bad work is, however bad the family situation is, however, you know what? I know a God who's bigger than all that. We've got to trust in God instead of in ourselves. God's ways are greater and higher than ours. God doesn't think like us. We can't even fathom what God's doing. And that's what we've got to come back down and realize is that we will soar on wings like eagles, that we will run and not grow weary, that we will walk and not faint. This is what it comes down. Listen to this out of the message. 
Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel, saying, God has lost track of me? He doesn't care what happened to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired. He, he doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts, for even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and do not get tired. They walk and do not lag behind. Listen, God has called us to do something incredible. God is looking to renew us tonight. God is looking to build it from the inside out. God is looking to throw another log on the fire and start that fire blazing again. And this is what he's coming back down to. 1 Peter 5, 6 out of the message, it says, so be content with who you are. Be content where you are right now. Trust God where you're at right now is where God wants you to be. Too many times I think we look to the outside and we think, well, that would be so much better. You know, I watch this, is that we walk into this job and we think, oh, this job isn't right for me. I'm going to go over here. And we walk into this job and we think, okay, this is a better job in the first week and then the, the first month. And the, after that, it's kind of like, uh, this isn't good. I'm going to walk over here. I'm going to try this. Listen, your body was made to fit in one place. Stay in that one place. Trust God that he's got you there for a reason. Because otherwise, we're going to continue to look left and right, look left and right. And what happened to Peter when he was looking left and right and walking on the water? He sunk just like that. Because on his own might, he can't walk on water. But with God, he can raise you up. And you can do anything, anything that he's called you to do. So it goes on to here, verse, uh, 1 Peter 5, 6. And don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. And he, he'll promote you in the right time. He'll promote you. God will lift you up in the right time. And that's what it's coming down to, is that your due time is coming. If you have your Bibles, turn over one more page, or if you have to, it's uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10 is what I want to read and close with. In the last verse, it's right here, it says this. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand with my righteous right hand. Listen, this is simply what God is coming down to tell us. Is that there, it's time we have to be renewed. We have to get renewed. It's much like, uh, God shared this with me today, it's much like a power tool that, you know, you got the batteries and, and when you, that battery is freshly charged, you go in there and you drill things and you do all that stuff, it works fantastic. But what happens over time? If I don't take that battery off and recharge it, what happens? It just wears down. And I could be in the middle of doing a job. I could be in the middle of screwing something or drilling something, and it's not working. And what do we do? We fight, and we fight, and we fight. And we try to, I just need to get the last little bit I can out of it. Well, a lot of that happens with our lives, too. We wear down. We wear down. And without rising back up and getting fueled from the inside, man, what are we going to do? We're going to die just like that battery. We're going to run out of power. We're going to run out of everything if we don't trust God and get back and rely on what he's doing. This scripture that I just read needs to be something that we hold on dearly. Now, you may be going through some tough times in your life right now. You know, I realize this, is that when we look at our lives, it's kind of like a, uh, a scrapbook. In the scrapbook, there's a lot of different pages with a lot of different things on it. And, and if we, we look at one page, it, it may be dealing with our job. And that season may be coming to a close, or, uh, you know, coworkers or a boss or something along those lines. Or it may be a great season right now. 
Life is fantastic. It, it, it's great. But then we look at our family, and it's a whole different page. It, it's decorated different, and, and maybe that season's tough. Maybe we're going through some different things. Maybe we're, we're wondering, God, what do, you, do, do you have someone for me? Am I supposed to get married? Am I supposed to do this? God, will we ever have kids? God, what, what, what did you give me with my kids? You know, sometimes we go through all these different things and we wonder, what about this? What about this? And it's like this book is all put together about our life, but every page is different. Every season that we're going through is at a different time. But I'll tell you this, God's blessing is upon that book and God's blessing is upon your life. If we will just stay focused and honor and trust God, we can watch what he's going to do. Listen, it's time to mount up and soar like eagles. When you look at an eagle, you know, I, I don't think, when they're up there soaring, if you've ever seen this before, I grew up in Colorado, we used to, the bald eagles were in Colorado, it was so cool to watch them. They would be so high in the air, and they would just be soaring, and you would just watch them. And it seriously looked like there was not a care in the world to them. There was nothing that they were about to run into. They didn't have to worry about anything, they were up there just soaring. You know what, that's what God wants our lives to be like. It's time to rise up and to mount up on wings like eagles. To mount up and not worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Because Matthew 6.34 says there's enough worries for tomorrow and tomorrow. Let's leave them for tomorrow. Let's not worry about those things. Let's just live today. Live for today and watch what God can do. If you would, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes.